Hello and welcome to Your Way, the podcast that will help you figure out who you are, what you want and how to do life, business, relationships, all of it on your terms. If you are fed up of following somebody else's rule book and are ready to throw it out and write your own, keep listening. This is the space to help you really figure out how you want to do this crazy thing called life your way. Join me as I explore these fascinating topics through a variety of guest interviews and solo episodes. It's time to do life on your terms. Buckle up and get ready. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Your Way podcast. I am delighted to have Lucy May back on the show this week. Um, so Lucy was um, a guest when the podcast was called the Embodied Life Coaching Podcast. And we talked about how to um, kind of approach specifically breathwork, but this work generally in a safe way. Um, so if you have not listened to that one yet, then go back and listen. We'll stick a link in the show notes. Um, and today we are going to explore the topic of the right way to do this work. Um and we will see where it goes because we've just both said we've done zero preparation. So this is going to be very much a free flow conversation. Um, anyway, Lucy, welcome. Hello. Say hi. How are you? Hello. It's lovely to be here again. I love having these conversations with you and I'm intrigued to see where it takes us. Amazing. And then just remind people what it is that you do and who you help and all of that good stuff because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> So I work with primarily women in their mid thirties, basically big corporate people who have done all the things in the, like ticked all the boxes in life. have got to a point of recognizing that all the ticked boxes aren't making them happy um, and are looking for like a deeper, more liberated experience of life. Amazing. And this is one of the reasons I love having Lucy on the podcast because we have very similar approaches and work with similar people as well. Um, so the thing that I think maybe it's just useful just to share why I've asked you to come on to talk about this. So the thing that sparked this conversation was Lucy and I were exchanging messages around um, this kind of realization that it's very easy to go down a certain route of like, this is the way to do the work and this is what you have to do. And this is the process that you have to take. And then kind of pausing for breath and, and realizing that maybe that one way isn't necessarily the way. Um, and we kind of talked about this in the context of trauma. So Lucy and I both work with trauma. We're both trauma-informed, trauma-educated, whatever word you want to put on it. Like we know about the nervous system. Um, and it's very easy then from that space to get quite polarized and be like, everything is about trauma. Everything is about the nervous system. This is all we need to focus on. And, and I think maybe you and I have, on slightly different pages than that page at the moment mm. um, so I don't know if you yeah. want to dive in on that one yeah well I think I guess a good place to start is like why initially it felt to me that trauma was the thing mm -hmm. and like why I latched onto it so much yeah. 
And in truth, it was because I had some really powerful experiences doing trauma work. So I had like incredibly powerful experiences through breath and through talking work, like trauma informed talking work, which made me feel. And at that point, I was really looking for answers. Like it made me feel as if I'd found this golden nugget. Mm. And in all honesty, like when I started doing that, it was kind of before trauma was in like common parlance, in truth. Like I remember, I think we were talking about it a long time ago before, I think before you launched the podcast. But at that point in time, like no one was really talking about the impact of childhood in the way that people are now. And it felt to me like there was this opening and it was like, okay, everything is trauma. Everything has to be this and this is the answer. Um, And that was quite a while ago now. And then the more I went into that work, and this isn't taking away from the importance of trauma-informed work and understanding your nervous system and understanding your childhood conditioning, but starting to realize that there's actually a lot more at play than just looking at the nervous system and doing trauma-informed healing work in order to get to a space of like living a liberated life or living a life your way, as you would say. Um, but I don't think that just doing work focused on childhood is the answer necessarily. Yeah. And I think the thing for me, just to kind of tap into my experience as well. So I've done lots of traditional standard talk therapy, talk coaching, mindset based work, mm. but felt that it wasn't really taking me where I wanted to go. So then when I discovered trauma informed work, which was through somatic experiencing. So Peter Levine's model of kind of mm. trauma approach, um, it felt to me like the missing piece of the puzzle. Mm. of okay this is actually moving things now I'm feeling I'm back in touch with my body I can see how disconnected I am learning about the nervous system and the nervous system stays was such a massive a massive piece um and yet so I remember working I worked with a trauma coach for 18 months and I remember her saying at the end she was like you've done more work than most people will do in a lifetime like you've moved through so much you've done all of this stuff and I was like well great so then I must be done Mm. you know but there is a reason now why I see a therapist weekly and we're not doing some like he does some body stuff but we're not doing somatic experiencing things because it did a lot but it didn't do all of it Mm. and it's very easy when you're in that kind of space of well this is the answer this one thing here is the answer to then kind of blindly follow that one thing and yes it makes a massive difference but then it's like and yet yes some other stuff as well totally um, and I, like, I remember talking to someone about this a while ago when I I was in a space of kind of like existential angst of having done a lot of trauma work and thinking like is this the answer like why what was the point in all the trauma work anyway I'd got into this like spiral in my head and one of my teachers said to me she was like the the truth is like obviously there's a piece around the nervous system and healing the nervous system which I'd see more as like the physiological aspect of this work Um, and then there's this other piece which is like the power of trauma work really is to help people to recognize that they have disconnected from some form of truth that there's something underneath that to help people to realize that like the way that they are isn't actually them once you've made that connection like once you've recognized like oh wow okay i live from this conditioned mind and there's a deeper truth within me that isn't being expressed through me because it's being blocked by all these conditioned things it's like you can keep 
doing loads of trauma work and trying to manage the nervous system and like all of that stuff, which is important to do, but you also need to start doing the work to live from truth, mm. which isn't trauma work. That's like, that's embodiment work. That's like mindset work. That's managing different archetypes of your mind and all of those pieces. That's not the same as just going, this is trauma. Cause I got myself into a bit of a tailspin cause there was a period where I was like, similar to you, I'd been told like, you're doing all this deep work, you're doing all da da da. And I became ultra self-aware to the point where I was like, I know every single pattern that's happening in me. I know where it comes from. I know the trauma, but I started to use it as an excuse. So I started to like still play out the same patterns, but instead of just playing out the patterns unconsciously, I'd play them out and go, yeah, but I do this because like I had this thing happen when I was 11 where I failed this exam and then that made me believe this. So that's why I'm behaving this way. And it became this like, this kind of like gritty excuse space that I was using childhood stuff to make sense of how I was behaving, but I wasn't actually changing how I was behaving. No, and then, so feel free to disagree, but I think also, particularly when we're quite intellectual, as we both are, it's very, you not very easy, but it's easy enough to get to a place of like, I now understand and rationalise this stuff. I can explain it very, very well and sound very intelligent. But, and so actually I'm going to use me because I can't talk for you and you can say yay or nay. But what I wasn't doing then was all of the feeling that had to go with it all of the moving through all of the experience it was like well I understand this mm. and I've done some feeling of it but actually I'm not really willing to sit in three months of grief thank you very much or I don't want to be with the sadness or I don't want to be with the anger so I'm actually not going to do anything with this pattern other than being able to explain it very very intellectually and very well and sound super clever but actually just be doing the same stuff totally Totally. And like, I, I mean, I had some big emotional breakthroughs through breath, mm. but yeah, in truth, like to really sit in your grit is like, it's a lot and it requires like deep holding and it can be, I, I, in all honesty, over the last few months, I've been in this space where I've recognized that there's this like deep cavern of pain within me that I'm like touching the lid of, but I'm like, I don't want to go into that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to go into it. So I'm like, okay, that piece is just sitting there under the surface um, and I can rationalize what it is and I understand what it is, but there's a real difference between the cognitive understanding and actually making change. Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because so I'm in a similar place. So I had a conversation. So this is another good thing about like what works, what doesn't work. So one thing I've never really done, I've never really journaled. I've never been a writer. Mm. not because I'm like there's no benefit to it but because I know if I start to write I'm going to get into some stuff <laughs> some more stuff and also for me I find it hard to be still so I can go off on a great long walk and be with my thoughts but to be still to sit and write is so challenging for my system but again and then, and then that's something mm. that my therapist has said about well actually maybe there is some benefits like the nature walks are great but actually what happens if you do just sit and you do just write and you do just journal and then it's realizing okay I've done all of this work but what sits underneath still is so for me yes pain and sadness and grief but also the fears 
the fears of being visible, the fears of what it means to fully express who I am. You know, so I'm here leading this revolution in a like gentle, nonviolent way of people being like, well, I'm going to do life my way. Mm. Which inevitably, like um, my coach says, the cost of entry of that is high because I've got to get through all of these different layers of what stops me doing life my way and the fears and all of the rest of it. Now, you know, most people aren't ever going to go to these debts, but the debts are there. And it's and it's and it's how do we support ourselves and be supported to go to the depths that we choose, right? Mm. I think there's infinite amounts of depths. We get to at any point be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> this is enough, or we yeah. just keep going. Yeah, and I think that's the piece with like the trauma work is really satisfying in many ways. Like when you're doing it, it's like you have this big release, and it's like, mm-hmm. especially with things like plant medicine or breath work or any of the like somatic pieces, mm-hmm. where it's like you really connect into your body, it feels like something's happening. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to get addicted to it because it's like, oh, I'm having this big release, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yes, because you're feeling more. And there is a sense of like bringing consciousness into the body and starting to feel the body more and starting to yeah. feel feelings more. But to your point, like if you're, I guess what it comes down to is like, what's your objective? If your objective is to get to a space of like, okay, I can feel more, trauma works great. But if you actually want to shift out of patterns, then there needs to be something else because that's where the challenge is. Yeah. Like the awareness is the first step and the feeling is the first step. And then it's like, cool. Yeah. And yeah. what do I do now? Yeah. Um, and I used to like poo poo a bit on like coaches that were like, A, B, C, this is what you have to do to get to your goal. And I still don't believe in that model, like in and of itself, but I can see the blending of worlds and the benefit of the blending of worlds yeah so on that i'd love you to touch into because something that you said before was okay then there's trauma work but then actually if you want to live a liberated life to use your your phraseology um there's other stuff Mm. there's other stuff now i think and we'll come on to this in a minute this isn't necessarily going to be a shopping list of this is the other stuff you have to do because it's different for everyone but what does the other stuff look like for you because you said it's very easy to think it's just trauma but actually there's a whole load of things at play Mm. such as such as just let me open my cavern of things (laughs) that I work with um well I've been there are the the things that initially come to mind is one like more ABC style coaching of like actually being encouraged with nervous system awareness to take steps forward that feel challenging because the more that we start to actually action things in a different way we're starting to lay down different neural pathways we're starting to like build a way of behaving differently that piece is huge i also think that there's a huge piece of like which i'm recognizing more and more and this is in part thanks to my partner because he's very focused on this is like, I think a lot of the trauma school of thought is very self-focused. It's very like, which is important in many ways because a lot of us live our life like totally in service of other, but not in a healthy way. But I think once you've unpicked some of that, 
we also have a necessity for community. Mm-hmm. And if I really think about like the, the biggest shifts that have happened in my life, they haven't happened with me sitting doing trauma work. Mm-hmm. They've sat when I've been in community with people who believe things differently and yeah. behave in a different way and are all doing thing, work together and embodying different archetypes together and like stepping into different levels of leadership together. Like the importance of being in community for me is increasingly important. Like I can't do all of this work on my own. Um, The other piece I think is really powerful is like the reparenting that can happen through both intimate relationship and friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, like you can have, and what I mean by reparenting is when we're looking at like childhood wounding stuff that happened, you can become aware of the impact of that but the actual healing happens in relationship. Yeah. Like what was wounded in relationship gets healed in relationship. So if yeah. we stay in this isolated bubble of doing only trauma work and like inward always us on our own, it's like, no, we have the only way that we can really heal relationally is in relationship. Yeah. And that has to happen through that. Um, and then the final piece that I will mention, which I always avoid talking about because for some reason it still feels vulnerable because I have a huge witch wound is like the spiritual piece of like, I think in, for me personally, connecting to meaning through some form of spiritual teaching. Mm-hmm. And this is where there's like such a, a blur between like spiritual teaching, psychology, psycho spirituality, like all of that world of like, what do we fundamentally believe a human to be and what do we believe the purpose of the human life to be and like for me in truth because the human experience is challenging and however much work you do you're always going to be faced with another thing that's difficult and difficult feelings difficult emotions different difficult experiences unless we have like some form of grounding in like why are we all here and like what is the point of being a human however much trauma work you do it you can still end up feeling kind of floaty (laughs) yeah because you do get to this thing of like but what's the point like it is challenging like what is the point sometimes what's the fucking point like (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's like just go back like and that's that's the danger i think if you don't have that underpinning it's like I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go back to what life was like yeah. before. I just want yeah. to shut down. I want to go numb. I don't care. I just want to go back because I don't want to have to deal with all these feelings. What's the point in feeling all this stuff yeah. and being sensitive to life and everything being yeah. in essence like harder because you feel more if you don't have that underpinning of like why we're doing this? Yeah, it's one of the things that my husband said to me. He's like, there were benefits of being dissociated in the freeze response, weren't there? I was like, there were, yeah. 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 yeah yeah and you're totally right and 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 I I really love what you said as well about the the healing in relationship Mm. and and that can be a romantic relationship it can be a a friendship it can be actually can be so for for us as business owners we do a lot of healing through our relationship with our businesses as well because our business our relationship with our business shows us all of our patterns Mm. and in that situation we can't blame our partners it's like oh no it's just it's me with me um but one of the things that um so i we do couples that you know this but for the benefit of the podcast we do couples therapy and we started in about 
May, June last year, I think. And this is one of the things that the therapist has said. He's like, you know, um, my husband has got some similar traits to my dad. He's like, but you need, I need that. He's like, you need that because you need to heal that stuff Mm. in this relationship. And hopefully you're healing it at the same time that Nat's healing it. (laughs) And then you get to a place where actually you're coexisting much more more healthily together mm. um but I remember you know this time last year when I we were we were really struggling in our marriage and my coach at the time saying to me she's like you can leave but these patterns are going to be there in your next relationship so exactly. you get to decide she's like is this the relationship where you work through the patterns or or not um and then that's confronting as well, because we all want to just blame someone else. And it's like, okay, actually, this is something for me to look at. Yeah. And I need a teammate to help me do that. Cause I can't do it isolated in my own, in my own space, as much as I might like to be isolated in my own no. space. No, I mean, I was doing the isolated work for a long time. And in truth, it felt really empowering because I didn't have a mirror. So I was just like, I'm so empowered and I've done all this work and I'm so liberated. And then suddenly you have a mirror and it's like, wow, there's a lot more, there's a lot of shadow that I haven't been seeing. And I couldn't heal that stuff on my own. There's no way. Like the child in me that was wounded was not going to be, yes, I can do all the piece of like holding my own inner child. But the truth of it is like you need a regulated nervous system to hold you and you need the mirror the reflection in relationships you have to see that stuff um and i also added to all of this stuff i think one of the things that became challenging for me was because i got so into the weeds of like trauma 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 is i forgot the like the pillar of play mm and like that is always my work like i i will forget the pillar of play very regularly um and if you look at like i can't remember what the saying is but there's this thing of like in the ancient world or whatever if you are if someone was feeling down they'd ask you like when did you stop dancing when did you stop singing when did you stop listening to stories or something and those pieces are so important like you we can't sit and go okay i'm going to feel better if i do all this trauma work it's like you'll you will feel shifts in your life but if you're just sitting doing trauma work all the time and you're not making space for like the play it's not going to shift and it's so interesting because every time i do parts work with clients and we talk to the inner child and we're figuring out what the inner child blah, blah, blah. and then i ask the question of like okay if your inner child didn't have to do this job yeah. of protecting you, whatever, what would they want to do? Every single time it's play. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. So it's like you need to give the inner child another job because if you just yeah. stay doing trauma work, they're going to stay stuck in that. It's like give them something else to do, a.k.a. find yeah. some play yeah. in your life. Yeah. It's so funny before you said that, I was just about to say, so your parts work, my parts work, I use internal family systems therapy, but it's like it's all the same thing. Mm. Um, and... It's, it was just going to say the exact same thing. So I did some, when I, I'll talk about me again, because it's easier. I'm not going to break any, any client confidentiality. Mm. But when I was doing work with my coach on Tuesday and we were uncovering some of the pieces around um, kind of being more visible and all of the rest of it. 
and it was it was my four-year-old self and picturing my four-year-old self and actually what did she want to do she wanted to go and play and that was the thing and and and, and so and I think this is where it gets nuanced because in the trauma work in the parts work we do identify the need to play mm. and then that's when we almost then need the ABC guide <laughs> that comes after that that says right well now you've identified this what are two or three things that you are now going to do this week to bring some more play into your life to bring some lightness in mm. um so i was talking to lucy before this um podcast started we had a huge leak in this office last week um i'm currently on a borrowed laptop my laptop was killed and this was one of the things she was like how can you bring more lightness into this whole experience and it was interesting because I was like, oh, well, Nat wants to sit down and do mood boards around like, how do we make the house feel more comfortable and how we want it to do? She was like, good on Nat, who's my mm. husband, by the way, for people that don't know. As in like, and that doesn't necessarily feel like fun or play for me. That just feels like a job. <laughs> but for some people, it would feel like fun and play. But it's just mm. thinking about how do we, because it's so easy to make our lives so heavy and we go from one goal to the next and one thing. And then personal development can just become the next goal. Totally. I need to feel this stuff. I need to do this stuff. I need to do these things because then I want to feel better. Which And that's the same trap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the same, like once I'm healed, I will. Yeah. And it's like, what if we connect to like, once you've done in my mind like once you've done enough work to recognize that there is like a self underneath all of the conditioning and you recognize enough of your patterns that you're not just going to be spiritually bypassing your stuff Mm -hmm. it's like how can you also on the daily choose to act from the true self yeah and how can you bring in practices daily to allow you to embody that version of you and like i because i recognize in myself like i had a really brutal experience in my diamond approach session a few months ago where every the diamond approach basically is focused on like bringing you into the emotional body so that you feel your way through something difficult and then you come through the other side and often on the other side of feeling through something difficult you come to a space of truth so you come to like self and every time i got to self in inverted commas my teacher would say okay like can you describe to me the experience of being in this space of peace or in this space of whatever and I started noticing there was this narrative in my mind that was like I don't want to give space to this part of me I don't want to talk about feeling good I don't want to talk about feeling peaceful and I said this to my teacher was like that's really interesting why is that and I was like because if I accepted that I had found that part of me then I'd have no excuse anymore Mm, yes and realizing that I was like I've become addicted to just being oh but there's another trauma there's another trauma it's like okay Lucy you're aware that there's trauma and you're aware when you're in a trauma response and you've also had experiences of like truth so therefore you need to do the mindset work to stop diving into all the shitty stuff and go Lucy no stop truth I and know. that's the real work. I know, but but isn't it so convenient to be able to be like, oh, but I had a difficult childhood. Oh, but I'm so wounded. Back. And it's I'm... so hard for me. It's so hard for me. I've got an A score of four. <laughs> I know, exactly. And it gets to a point where like my this diamond approach, she's just like, so this is the same pattern that we've talked about a lot of times before. Like this is the same feeling in your throat. And I'm like, I know, I know it's the same, but I just... It's easier for me to feel like, woe is me, and you're holding me in this difficult thing than to just be like, no. Yeah, and now I've just got to get on with it. 
Yeah. And to build, I also had a brutal reflection from someone the other day to go to build your own inner masculine. So to build the part of you that's like, when the inner child comes up and is like, oh, I'm scared, I can't do this, it's all terrifying, or whatever your inner child likes to say, to have the loving, healthy inner masculine that's like, I hear you, inner child, like, I'm going to hold you, what do you need right now? And also, stop. Yeah. I don't have the also stop. I have the like, let me hold you, what do you need? I'll just be in this experience for a long time and hold my inner child, which is necessary for a period. And then there comes a point where you have to have an inner stop because otherwise (laughs) you just get sucked into the minutiae of the inner child. Yeah. And this could take us down a whole different thing. So we'll (laughs) mention it and we'll try not to go too far down. But I think that then often comes back to when we're kids, we don't necessarily get that healthy, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he- boundaries isn't the right word, but like healthy telling off. So yeah. it's like we get told off and we're annihilated, but that healthy guidance around like, you just need to get on with this. This is how this needs to be, but from a loving space. Yeah. And so we don't know how to give it to ourselves. We're either like softly, softly or really hard on ourselves. Yeah. But it's like that, it's that like firm but fair parent that comes along and says, like, you need to knuckle down and get on with this because this is how it needs to be, but not from a place of like, or else, or your shit, and you're not good enough if you don't if you don't do this. And most of us just don't have that experience. So then as adults, we can't tap into that experience. Yeah. Someone's giving me a loving boot at the arse, and we just get triggered by it. Totally. Totally. And I like when I was told by this person, I was really triggered because I was like, yeah. no, because then I feel like I'm wound I'm like bullying myself. And she was like, no, you can think about it as like the child that's desperate for the iPad and is like screaming for the iPad, mm-hmm. having been on it for like an hour already or whatever. And the loving parent that holds the child and is like, I know it's really painful. I know you want the iPad. I know it must be really, really difficult for you to have this experience, but it's still a no. Yeah. 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 That is the archetype in me that I currently don't know, but I am trying to build. <laughs> I'm sure it's in there. I'm sure it's in there. So as we're coming up to the end, I don't want to bypass the stuff that you talked about, about having a spiritual practice, because I think it's mm. so important and I think it's mm. different for everyone. Um, mm. And you also said about like, how do we spend, how do we build practices into our lives so that we are connecting with ourselves? each day now obviously this is going to look different for everyone but it would be great if you could maybe share a couple of things I can share a couple of things that you do Mm. in order to bring you into that place of self because you're right we 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 have to know who we are in order to have an anchor and a direction of where we're going and what we're doing totally so I decided for the month of January to have a month of devotion because Mm -hmm. I tend to go into discipline very easily. And so this month of devotion was going to be 20 to 25 minutes of personal practice a day at some point in the day, ideally in the morning, but whatever. Um, And rather than say like dogmatically, okay, every morning I'm going to meditate or every morning I'm going to do whatever. It's just like in the morning, what do I feel like doing? So the list for me includes like self meditation. So just like sitting without any audio guided meditation, morning pages which is a practice from the artist's way which is basically free writing three pages of writing um journaling on a specific prompt movement so like some kind of yoga practice like a slow flow 
dance is another one. And then the final one that I sometimes do, which I love, which is a practice from Elizabeth Gilbert, which I heard on a podcast, where she listens to a piece of music or reads a poem that she feels is connected to what she deems to be spirit. And then she writes at the top of a piece of paper, like spirit or whatever you want to call it, what do I need to know today? And then allows herself to basically channel spirit and to write the answer. And she ended up, she was talking on this podcast, she ended up with basically a whole book full of like guidance from her own channeling. So sometimes do that too. Or pull a card, the other one, final one is pull a card. So do like tarot cards or something. Yeah. yeah, I like, yeah, so I do bits of meditation. Movement is a big one for me. I like my cards. I've got some sacred rebel mm. oracle cards. And I think like the tagline at the bottom is something like a guide to living an authentic life. Mm. I'm like, let's go. And they're great. But the descriptions for each card are about five pages long. So it's a real like, it's a real investment in time. Mm. <laughs> um, but they're brilliant. Um, And then... The only other one I would add in to yours is I think sometimes getting out in nature, like you're near the sea, aren't you? Like being outside would be really helpful. Mm, definitely, definitely. Yeah, like having, if I go for a swim in the sea, that's always a massive mm. one. But there's a difference in energy for me, like being in nature and being active versus like being in my room, lighting a candle or incense mm. and like being in practice feels, I guess it's like a more cocooned space um, for me nice yeah well thank you so much what I just want to add on you already know about this but what I just want to add on for people is so not intentionally but Lucy has raised some questions here that I'm covering inside the existential program in your way this month so existential is all about asking those big questions of who am I what is my purpose and why am I here So that program is running throughout January and February. It will have already started when this podcast comes out. Um, But if you want to know more about it, just come and speak to me. Um, When you join your way, you get access to the current program. So you'll get access to that. Um, Because, like Lucy says, if we can't answer those questions and we haven't got a community space to explore this stuff, it can be really, really challenging for us to then kind of do the rest of our lives essentially mm. yeah so just thought i would mention that um is there anything else that you want to add around the topic of what works and maybe sort of trying to like thinking it will just be one thing but actually it been lots of different things i think the biggest piece is to kind of trust the path that you're on in a sense because I going back to the spiritual piece, like I really do believe that there's a flow in life and that we are brought practices when we're ready for them. Um, So I guess the biggest learning for me is to not become like attached to a specific practice to recognize that sometimes practices come into our life and will stay forever and sometimes they'll come in for a few months or whatever um so letting like staying open to the process of your own evolution and recognizing that different things will come through to you at different times and that anchors on the belief that like there is a flow to life and that you'll be magnetizing things to you that are needed for your own evolution as you go. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. There's one other thing. Have you got a couple more minutes? Sure. 
there's one other thing that I would love to share and talk about, and I just love to get your take on it. So one of the things that I grappled with last year quite a bit was lower back pain. And so I was doing like various release things and going to see an osteopath and all the rest of it. And then over a week's period, about three or four of my clients all came to me and talked about having sore necks. And then my neck was sore in the same at the same time. And so I listened to a book that had been recommended to me years before called Healing Back Pain. Mm. And the crux of that was essentially neck pain, hip pain, back pain is all about stored emotions that we haven't dealt with in our bodies, but the the pain is there and sort of manifests itself as a distraction from us feeling the feelings. Whereas actually, if we have a different um a different relationship with the pain and basically just let the pain know that we're going to feel our feelings anyway, and we're not going to be distracted from it, and it focused on anger, then mm. you would find that the pain over time went away. Mm. That is the basic premise of it. I mean, it's like a six-hour audiobook. Um, and this was one of the really interesting things where I think it's very easy then to become like really polarized because in that book, it's like, you don't need the osteopath. You don't need the exercise. You don't need all of this stuff. And I was like, well, maybe I should just stop going to the osteopath. And maybe I was like, maybe it is just about my emotions. Mm. Um, and again, so I went to my therapy session and I sort of talked about it and he was like, eh. he's like, people just want it to be one thing because that would make it easier. He's like, but chances are you've got some structural issues in your back. And you've got some stored emotions in your back and you aren't stretching properly and your posture is not very good. <laughs> and actually what you need to do is you need to tackle all of these things. Yeah. And it, for me, it was just such a good example of how desperate we are, even when we know there's no such thing as a quick thing, <laughs> but how desperate we can be to be like, but it's just this one thing. So if I just focus okay. on this one thing, then this will be the answer. Yeah. Um, it's a so desire I've, for certainty. Yeah. So desire for certainty. It's like we we need this one thing to be the one answer. And it's like, can we open up space for duality and like uh, both things to exist at once? I read this. This is on a slight tangent, but the same piece. I read something recently. It was saying like this this whole thing in the spiritual world of people saying like, oh, it's all an illusion, but it's all an illusion anyway. Like we live in this world and it's all an illusion. It's like, okay, it's, it is an illusion in some sense in that time space reality. And also in our reality, it's real. Like the experience of loss and the experience of grief and the experience of pain is real. So it's like, can we allow both to exist? Like there can be an energetic meaning to pain and there can also be a physical meaning to pain and both can coexist, but we don't like that. We like there to be one answer because that can be put in a nice box with a bow on and we can go tick, we found the answer to the universe. Yeah, and the and this is one of the things that my therapist said to me on Tuesday. He's like, you've just got to allow the mess. I thought my therapist is great. He said to me on Tuesday, he went, he went, he went, you've just got to let life be a little bit more messy. He went, I kind of feel like we need to give you ayahuasca and then send you mud wrestling. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <sighs> allow for the mess. That's a good place to yeah. sit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is hard when we've learned to manage ourselves and our patterns via organization, structure, controls, and all of the rest of it. Mm. To allow it to just be a bit messy. Yeah, exactly.
Exactly. So as we're coming to the end, Lucy, tell us, because you have an amazing group programme that you are just mm. in the process of starting, launching. It may have already started. Apologies if I've got that wrong. Um, talk about it. Talk about how you are going to liberate the world. <laughs> how I will liberate the world. I do well. So I do have a group programme that has started, but it is um, rolling. So people can join any time. Um, and it's a 12 week program really focused for people who are in the space of like, I'm doing really well in my career. Everything's going really well, but I can't help like that. There's a part of me that's like screaming, telling me that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and the process that we take people through is really like, first of all, a, it's a blend basically of what we've just been talking about, yeah. a big piece around like visioning, a big piece around what we really want, what matters to us and doing the deeper work to understand why we've got stuck so that people can make informed and like true decisions about what they want moving forward um, rather than either pushing themselves to leave because they think they should or just doing loads of healing work and not taking any steps forward yeah amazing thank you and we yeah. will get a link to that in the show notes so people amazing. can go and check that out Awesome. We will also add in the show notes all of the different ways that you can go and find Lucy. Um, do you want to share your Instagram, LinkedIn while you're here? Yes, yeah, so my, my Instagram, I wouldn't go on my website because I haven't updated the copy for a long time. But my Instagram is Lucy underscore underscore Maeve. So M-A-E-V-E. And then my LinkedIn is Lucy Maeve Puttergill. And I'm active on both. So I'd love to see anybody there. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, come and let either of us or both of us know how you found this episode. If you have any questions, I'm sure we are both well and truly open to hearing them um, and hearing your insights. And I will see you all in a couple of weeks. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Lucy. Thank you.